frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, the daftest Scottish football podcast around. My name's Stephen Purden, and completing the lineup, we first welcome a man who has went Twitch Daft. Uh, he has set up his own channel where you can watch him fly planes on his flight simulator. And my wee boy Leo thinks he is now a pilot. It Correct. is Captain Grado. How's welcome. it going, Cap- Captain Grado? As cheap plug here, www.twitch.tv forward slash Captain Grado. If you want to see me, I'm going to be doing going to be flying tonight. I think I'm going to be taking a wee uh, flight down to the south of France. I might be hitting across to Belfast and we'll land at Glasgow Press Week at the 2200 hours. So catch that on Twitch, man. Just sitting, watch me fly, man. Getting about it. Tidy. Magic. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now let's introduce a man who continues to languish in anguish and despair after Celtic's recent results. It's Crystal. My producer wrote that. Your producer wrote that. Chris, I'm sorry, mate. I didn't. I saw you. Don't fucking mate, worry about it. What I done there is what we what we see in the industry. I just played the page, mate. I played the page. Listen, I know you're a you're a you're a man that knows knows his scripts, Stevie. So Aye, I played the page. Mate. Don't worry about that. But listen, I'm fine now. I know we've we've had a fucking terrible few games and stuff like that, but. I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing today, to be honest with you. I'm, good, I'm really good. looking forward to this today. Right. Well, let's get into it, boys. Let's get into it. Scottish football, right? Well, let's start, since we're talking about it. Neil Lennon says there is no justification for his job to be under threat as he has rallied against the hysteria. Over Aye, his man, it was... Form. It was... It was um, God, they, they, they didn't hold back the old press yesterday at that, that press conference, didn't they? And I think he was... Lennon yeah. was out to make a point big time. Where did you make it, though? Uh, I think that he, he either needs to take shoulder the blame for this or admit to the fact that the players just aren't performing at the levels that it should be. He's come out and he said that um, the, the players are getting undue, undue criticism. A lot of shite. He's saying that we're, we're disrespecting the players. A lot of shite. The players are disrespecting us because they're going out there. They're no gain 100%. And it's fucking embarrassing. So whose fault is it? Is it either the players or is it Lennon's? Because one of the two of them have got do to know, take them. Do you know what? Do you know what? See, no matter whose fault it is, if it's the players' fault or it's Lennon's fault, we'll never really know. But the buck always stops with the manager. The players um, always win and the managers win it always fall in the sword. Do you know what I mean? So, the thing is, Stephen, he's the man putting the players onto the park. See if they're I not know. doing it. Switch them out for players that are willing to fucking try. Mm-hmm. What about Duffy told you? I think he's been getting it tight the last couple of days because he's just been on everybody's memes. He's been he's been getting a lot of slack everywhere. What do you, what do you reckon about it? He's just gone through a week and a phase of this just now. Are you confident he'll come back and, and play the way he did when he first came? Again, at the time when, when he first came, and I, I mentioned to John and I said that on Celtic Daft as well, I, I didn't think he was going to be any good. Right, He got after a flyer, but again... You need to then address the fact that the two teams that he, that he played well against. You know what I mean? Anytime he's come up against anybody that's willing to ever run at him, he's fucking all over the shop. See, as long as balls are coming into a box and he's able to attack them, that's fine. See, when the ball's on the deck, he looks as, he looks as if he's never seen a fucking football before. That, that goal against Aberdeen at the weekend there, the Aberdeen second goal. Oh, mate, he's trying to clear I, the ball. I, mate, I would have hooked him. I would have took right. him off after it. Right, troops, also this week, 
the new technology introduced by a friend of the show, Mark Miller, had a little bit of a hiccup in Vernes on Saturday. The Pixelot technology is set to track the movement of the ball with automated cameras, but unfortunately it mistook the linesman's baldy head as the ball and followed him. Carrie Fissles came against air. Aye, I think it thought the the baldy napper, I think it thought was the ball. So it kept uh, is, this, is this on the internet? It is, it is. Uh, Inverness, the, the guy who's doing obviously Inverness TV, the commentator had to keep apologising because the camera was falling, the blindsman. So, wait, so if you're if you're a baldy linesman, are you going to have to wear a hat or something like that? When you're... <laughs> Get on ready, good for the man. game, man. No, but picture lot of technologies happening today, mate. You're going to put a hat on me or <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, amazing, man. I need to see this. <laughs> right, so on the show today, we welcome current Dundee United and former Aberdeen and Motherwell centre-half Mark Reynolds. And the Legends Lottery has been sensationally axed after the failures of Chris Toll and the fact Grado ended up getting a parrot on. And now producer John is back with us. I'm sure he's... Got what has been happening? What has been happening? I take one week John, off. John, do you know what? Do you know what, John? Well, put, them the put them in their place, John. Put one them in week place. off, been, right? One week off, right? And then I'm listening to the podcast last week. I'm like, oh, I wonder who Chris has got in the Legends Lottery. I'm really looking forward to it. He doesn't let me down normally. And then I get this sob story about people pulling out in. The week before, I turn on and there's a fucking parrot on. Now, you've you've heard you've heard the expression, jump the shark, yeah? Have you heard that expression? When I have heard that a few times. Die. So the, the Legends Lottery has sensationally jumped the parrot, I think, right? So... And I'm, but then I'm getting so, so Stephen gave me the heads up saying, by the way, I think you need to get onto this because the Legends Lottery that doesn't look like it's happening. He's saying Chris is getting anxious over it for a start. Lashing, 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 mate. Hold on. Right, hold on. Sorry. Right, on you go, John. Sorry, you're on a roll where I in these days of mental health, Chris, I don't want anyone getting upset. I don't want you running to the Samaritans and saying, I couldn't get Hamish Angel <laughs> on the Legends Lottery. So, do you know what? We're going to have to let it go. So, Stephen, congratulations, sir. You won the Legends Lottery. Easy, easy. But by the way, can I just say, he's a slagging this, uh, Mr. Chow. I got a tweet this morning, 10 hours ago, um, because he's replied to my flight simulator post. He went, you've obviously took inspiration from the amazing guest that was Mr. Chow and now wants to fly. Man, that parrot touched us all in some way. Great guess. Well done, Gradle, for following your dreams. By the way, I'm going to say something. I don't think... Mr. Chow can fly. There you go. He can't do anything else that folk claim that he can do, can he? Oh, Christ, do you know what? Let's get him back on for another interview, shall we? <laughs> we'll find out. Look, Chuck, never fear, though. We've got a brand new feature as we trial the open line. Right. We're inviting you to come on and talk to us. You might you might want to make it a, a pertinent point about Neil Lennon's tactics, voice your concerns about Dundee United's lack of goals, or perhaps just ask Grado about Flight Simulator. We'll also be checking out a new way which you could be bookie bashing. And on the big question, after Ruth's goal, we ask, what is the best goal you have seen your team score? Yeah, I'm going to get a beer because I won the Legends Lottery, man. Well done. Congratulations. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident. Call them now on 01698 
767 172. Remember, if you've been in a road traffic accident and it's not your fault, well, G4 Claims can make it very easy for yourselves. They're going to provide you with complete accident management support that you require. They will recover the costs from the at-fault party and they'll also sort you with a like-for-like -like vehicle replacement. They're also going to organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops and return to yourselves. Should your vehicle be deemed a right-half, they're going to recover the pre-accident value for your car and write you a big fat check for it. And best of all, it's not going to cost you a penny as they charge the app Fault Insurance Direct. G4 claims you don't cold call, they don't buy data, and once they've processed your claim, your insurance is going to remain unscathed. And the best thing is, Nicole and the team over there, they won't take your case on if they don't think they can help. I think it's a great idea. You don't need to get your own insurance involved, just if you get in an accident, first thing you do, phone G4 Claims. Phone them right away, or if you know somebody that has, tell them about G4 Claims, 01698767172. That's 01698767172. Alternatively, you can get them on the website, not at faultclaim.com, or find them on social media at G4 Claims Limited. G4 Claims, not at Fault Claims. Made easy. So guys, welcome to the inaugural Football Daft Open Line after the Legends Lottery was sensationally axed last week in my absence. We talked about it at the start of the show, um, but we'll not get into it anymore. Hey. But listen, this is great, it's brand new. Basically, it's the Open Line. We invite you to come on to Football Daft and we get to shout, what's your point core and where you at the game? I know you guys have always <laughs> wanted to do that. <laughs> So basically, you can talk about anything you want. You can come on and make a point, valid point about football to the boys, or you can just come and ask what's happening in River City to Stephen. Uh, so this. Can I hang on, see what you've got to remember, John? Is our, our main question is now we can't ask it because no country's been at a football match for fucking months. <laughs> point. It's a very good point, Cor. Thanks for that. So you're getting. <laughs> getting Getting used to this already. You're right, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, this week it's a bit like a trialist. We'll see how it goes and we'll let the listeners decide if this is going to be the replacement for the Legends Lottery. All right. So, first right. on the line, uh, we're going to welcome to the show uh, Kevin Devine is uh, on and he is a Celtic supporter. Kevin, welcome to Football Daft Open Line. Uh, what is your point that you'd like to make to the panel? So it would be a toll, obviously listening to Celtic daft to him the other day. Uh, do you think it's time up for Lennon? Eh, uh, fucking straight in the air, boys. Well, we, we spoke on Celtic daft a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And the two's were kind of borderline, but I think. Aye. Oh, Aye I think. Can I just say I love this section of the show already? <laughs> Do they are. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, I think this will be a very long answer because Toll has been up and down like a bride's night. He wants Lennon to go then. No, do you know what? I've, I've, I've got my feet firmly in a position now. Right. And I think it's time for Celtic to twist. I think it's time for... It, it would be best for both parties yep. if, if oh. Neil uh, took his leave. No. Oh, wow. Toe, did you see his press conference yesterday? I watched it. I watched some of it back and it was on the news last see, night. I'm going to be honest with you, Grado. I heard that. I didn't watch it. I heard it. But he's going on about disrespect to players and all that. And where does where does he blame lie then? See if see if we are we are being disrespectful to the players. Then the the blame lies with the manager because he's the one that's picking these players, and the players are only doing it. So it's either it's either them. Or it's him. So he needs to decide what camp he's in. He's saying that he's, there's no 
there's no fucking reason for him to be sacked. And then he's turning around and saying that we are disrespecting the players. Everybody can, with two fucking eyes can see what's going on at Celtic Park. These players don't want to play for him anymore. He's so, disrespecting the fans with the shite performances these players are putting in. Exactly. And you know what? I'll tell you something now. A lot of people say, and, and it's a famous quote, right? A change is as good as a rest. See, if you bring in a new manager, these players will feel reinvigorated. They'll feel as if they've got something to prove. They'll feel as if they've had, had that rest. You know Who do you, I mean? bring, so, Who do you bring in? That's the one worry, Stevie. The one worry is if we get rid of Neil Lennon the now, they're going, I don't want them to do the old, the old pals act because we're going to end up with fucking. Martin O'Neill and Gordon Stratton or something along the lines, or even, in my opinion, potential worst-case scenario right now is they give the job to Scott Brown to see out the season. You know, and that, and that, fucking, that terrifies the life out of me, man. It really does. Kevin, Kevin thanks for you? winding up. Thanks for winding up to all the day, mate. I love it. I know. I was just going to ask Kevin who, who who you wanted to be the next manager if you want. I think no grade, all right. I know he, he wasn't the best. He wasn't the best at like football, football wise. But Strachan got results for me. Right. Even, I know. Toad just says he, he wouldn't go back to Strachan, but see, bringing no, Strachan. I, I wouldn't go back at all. I wouldn't go back at all. Wait, Celtic. See the one time Celtic have thought outside the box and fucking brought in a manager that wasn't one of the old boys. Right, they've done it twice. They've done it with Wim Janssen and they've done it with fucking uh, Brendan Rodgers. Right? And look, look what happened. Wim Janssen stopped Rangers for doing 10 in a row. Brendan Rodgers ushered in the most successful period in the club's fucking history. Yep. Right? So, get out of this mentality. John Barnes was a wee bit outside the box, Bob, was it not? I mean, he came in with Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Dalglish, but... Right. Do you know what I mean? The only yeah. other one's Dr. Joe. Right? I would say Dr. Joe, but in, in my opinion... We need to get out of this mentality that it needs to be a Celtic man. What it needs to be is a fucking manager that's got the right ideas in place. Once they play football, the way that all the fans want to see football being played, right? See this or bring in him because he's got Celtic played with Roy Keane or somebody like that. Fuck that, man. They, they should be going for a manager the level of Eddie Howe. Somebody that's proven that he can, he can do it with a small budget. Do you know what I mean? Because, all right, we've got a bigger budget than the rest of Scottish football. But in the grand scale of things, Celtic's budget compared to these other teams, even like Bournemouth, is fucking minuscule. And Rangers has as well. And you shall agree with me on that, lads. So aye, any aye. that can come aye. in and bring in, bring in uh, success, not just domestically, but in Europe on a shoestring budget. Neil Lennon's no longer the man to do it. It's time for him to go. And I'll, I'll probably get fucking roasted for this, but I've made my mind up. Strong words from Chris Toll. Kevin, thank you very much for your point on the opening yeah, being our first call. Thanks, Kevin, mate. Thanks, Cheers. Kevin. Cheers, mate. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Let's move on to our next caller. Um, we're going to move on to uh, Rangers supporter Andrew Blake. How you Hello. doing, Andrew? How you doing, Andrew? Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, Andrew. Uh, what point would you like to make to the panel? Uh, just talk about Morelos. Uh, I think obviously the Rangers team's quite strong at the moment, but obviously he's starting. Obviously, they've started at the weekend there, obviously resting them. But to be honest, I think he's one of our weaklings at the moment. Looking at the Celtic game, he was just causing bother with the Brown and that, and he could have got himself sent off. I totally agree. Totally agree. I totally, 100% agree. I think when you watch us playing the new, Grado mentioned a word when we were doing Rangers, that fluid, fluidity. Fluidity. We're fluid, we're fluid up to a point. Everything seems to be breaking down with Morelos. Yeah. Any striker that's no scoring goals or having an impact in the game has to go back to basics. But in my opinion, Morelos, 
you can't even do the basics right now. And I think at the weekend there, the best thing we've done was rotating the squad and taking them out. He needs a goal. He needs something to drop from, but it's not working. Took out the team. And in my opinion, he should be a bit worried because if Kamar Roof does get fitter and fitter and get his fitness up to a point where he's match fit, he's my number one striker and Morelos isn't starting for me. He's a shadow of at the moment. Aye, it is unfortunate for, for Morelos, but it's fortunate for us that we've got other players that are scoring goals. And hopefully mm-hmm. there is a wee bit of competition for Morelos. Hopefully that G's him up. You said, Bob, as you were talking about there, in Rangers daft, he needs a goal, he needs a goal. But we've been saying this for December, he needs a goal. He's scored goals here and there and it's still been the same kind of... Aye. It's been the same kind of the body language. I, mean, I, I can't tell for, I can't isolate him for the body language. No, I don't think it's. I don't think it. I think the body. It's an attitude issue now. I don't think it's. I don't. It's a confidence issue. It's a confidence issue. It's a confidence issue. Like you say, mate, you're bang on. Because last season when Rangers didn't, when Morelos didn't score or didn't play well, Rangers didn't score or play well. But now Mm -hmm. the tables have. We're not relying so heavily on them. We're getting goals for other players. So can I ask you, lads? But do you remember the last uh, Celtic Rangers game at Parkhead last season? When he gets sent off for diving, remember? Mm-hmm. And he's coming off the park and he's going, I'm done, I'm done. Do you think he's just fucking down tools? Because he's no, done I, 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 No, I think what he was doing, that was the game was done. I think it meant the game was, was done. Was he not telling John to cut that out for the highlights? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Andrew? Do you think he should get took out the squad now a wee bit and just... I think definitely. Look at the, the goal roof scored. I know that folk are saying that, well, I've, I've seen some folks say it was a bit of luck, but you've seen him look up. He looked up just as he went to strike it. So he's playing brilliant. And even Defoe, the, the, the finish was ridiculous. Two of his left foot, most of it would have tried with the right. So I think he needs to take out. And uh, Tolway, I mentioned with that last game at Parkhead, he should have struck the ball. Hit, hit the ball at the keeeper instead of diving and getting himself sent off. Aye. So he's needing time with the squad. I want to repeat, I know we keep mentioning what other podcasts here, but I really want to repeat what I, the, the similar vein to what I said about the Jermaine Defoe goal on Sunday. That was just for me a total, a totally lovable, amazing, heart warming moment because we had such a good week. We had we, we, we went to Parkhead, we won, we get we we, we won two 0 in Europe, and then on Sunday, for some reason, you forget that we've got Jermaine Defoe, and Jermaine Defoe comes up with a lovely, beautiful, world class goal, and Do it you was know just what? the icing what? on the cake to a perfect week. It was. I didn't real. I, I seen a highlight reel. A journey. Was that, if I'm not mistaken, was that always 500 career goal? I guess 300. 300. 300, right. So I didn't know that. And I seen a, uh, somebody had put on Facebook a highlight reel of all Jermaine Defoe's, not all his goals, but his best goals basically over his career. Right. And I didn't know that he had scored that goal against Livingston. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that goal before. That's the best one he's fucking scored. By the way, I genuinely didn't know until I watched the Rangers highlights later on. What a fucking finish that was. That what a ball. What a, what a ball for Tav as well, man. The ball for Tav. But it was, the finish was absolutely world class. But to what I'm saying is, it was like, do you know that way where for some reason it was felt as if you forgot about the four. And then he scores, and you're like, "Fuck, man, we've got the four and all. You can pop on and score the goals <laughs> and all." It was just a, a lovely end to a beautiful week. <laughs> I had a great week, Michelle. Great. Anyway. <laughs> so there you go, um, Andrew. Has your point been covered? Aye, no. Good. All right. Thank you for being. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> 
Cheers, mate. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's move on to our final caller. It is Goshi, who's also a Rangers supporter. So, Goshi, what is your point for the panel, sir? Well, I was just thinking, see, us this season, Rangers this season, obviously, I think we've been playing pretty well. We've controlled pretty much every game. Uh, I don't really think we've struggled, to be honest. Obviously, Hibs and Livy, but we're pretty much close to taking three points for that. But and just wait, obviously, Aribo now coming back fit, uh, Ruth coming back fit, and we've still got Zungu to come in to, obviously, to... To Chris, are you a bit worried about Rangers? I am, I am to be honest with you. If I'm going to be 100% honest, I am. I'm, I'm shiting myself. <laughs> if, I'm going to be, if I'm going to be fucking frank, like you said, man, you have got, you have got some... Man for man now, Rangers are a better team than Celtic. There's no fucking two ways about it. Mm. And that's the, that's the honest truth. And the fact that you have got players that are just coming back for injury as well is, just, is only going to strengthen that. Now, obviously, we've had a few out, which, you know, I, I don't think it should be any sort of excuse because the performances, regardless uh, uh, the results, the performances have been fucking dreadful anyway, even when we've been winning. So, I, I, I really am quite worried about the rest of the season, to be honest with you, mate. I. What about you, Stephen Grado? You, you're quite confident. Do you see his um, kick up again? I, do you know something? I'll feel more confident. One Sunday's by the I think exactly. Sunday's a massive test. Aye. That's, a, that's a big, big, that's a big, big game for us. It's the place where Steven Gerrard's probably struggled the most. I think even statistic wise, it is. It's a, it's the hardest, it's the hardest place to go for him. I think he's got the less points. So, Bob, as you say, man, I will. If we win this weekend, man, I'll. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but this is a big, big. This is a big, big game, man. If we win on Sunday. To draw right, exactly, man. You're right, but you're right. Because this is a horrible feeling, right? But it's like, you know, that way you're like, man, everything's gone too well, then. Something's not right. right. And, and right, then a If we win Sunday, Celtic Where have still got two games in Horn, but they've still got to go to Hibs. They've still got to go to Far Park before you even touch the games in Horn. So there's so much pressure on Celtic if we win on Sunday. Nine points a big deficit. Game in Horns or no. I mean, Disney. Still a big That's deficit. Now, man, see, like you're, you're touching on there. Um, gosh, it's. And Stephen was saying as well, we've we've not been great at Easter Road for a long fucking mm-hmm. time. Do you know what I mean? And uh, that's that's a that, we've got a couple of huge games coming up because Motherwell and Form. I watched the Motherwell game at the weekend there, and they absolutely hammered Ross County. And Tony Watt looked like fucking looked like Ronaldo at points. Do you know what I mean? So see him. He's a he's a bully striker. Mm-hmm. So see when he's up there. I, I'm, I've got no confidence that our defence are going to be able to cope with him and see when I'm talking about uh, Dodge and Nesbitt as well and it's you know I'm really these next few games coming up man are going to define Celtic season I think Aye Hibsworth probably aye. your toughest test I think this season Aye I'll tell you yeah, what, it, wasn't fucking, it wasn't fucking us anyway was it? <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh thanks for coming on the inaugural Football Daft Open Line sir no bother, thank you very much. Thanks very much, my man. man. Take care, right, right pal. Take See care. Cheers, bud. All the best, mate. All the best. Cheers, so mate. there we go, boys. The initial football daft open line. Is it staying or is it going? I like I it. Like I, I, I really like that. To be honest with you, I really like that. There we Aye. go then. So it's going to be back next week then. And listen, we want more than old firm supporters on. If you're a Thistle oh. supporter, if you're a Motherwell supporter, we if you're a Arbroath supporter. We want more than football fans on as well. 
I want to discuss River City. I want to discuss what Grado's having for his dinner tomorrow night. You can ask him whatever the fuck you want. That's the within, within, within reason. So, Football Daft, open line returns next week then, boys, yeah? Yes. 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 Football Daft's big question. So, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but let's just take a minute to talk about Kamar Roof's absolute wonder goal against Standard Liège in the European <laughs> League last week. Okay, he's done it. Did I not tell you he was a player? On a rain-soaked pitch, he beats three men in a halfway line before spotting the keeper off his line, and then he strikes it. What a goal. Gerard described it as world-class. Players, pundits alike, for across the world, have all been raving about it. It's went global. It's went viral. It's arguably one of the best goals Rangers have ever scored. I tell you, if I was a Rangers supporter, and I didn't see it live on the telly, I honestly just don't know how I could live with myself. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. <laughs> I'm fucking. Um, do you know some? Yeah, I mean, you know how big a Rangers man I am, Gado. Producer John. Started out at me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you missed that. You missed that goal last week. You were I'd talking to impor- the press. I'd, to the gutter very, press. I'd very important work to be doing that night. In other words, I was doing a fucking podcast with Beverly Lyons. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many, how many folk have you just have you been? Aye, man, it was great, man. I was just watch, shit and watching it, man. Fucking jumping about the house, it was crazy. Have you done all that shit, no? Mate, do you know what? I've just realised I done another podcast this week, a Rangers podcast, and I didn't know any of the guys I was on, and if they listen to this, they're like, "Well, he's talking shit." Well, mate, I dare understand that. If you're on a Rangers podcast, <laughs> podcast you're not going to turn around and say, Send me three guys, I'm going to go, no, but me, I was talking about Beverly Lines and what's happening in the fucking, the social scene in Glasgow and Merchant City, you know? Uh, do you know what? I was sitting, talking to Beverly Lines about fuck knows what, and if you leave your Terry on too long, sometimes it goes on standby itself. So I didn't touch my remote, it was out of my skybox or my Terry, it fucking went on standby, and I just see my phone going fucking nuts. What a goal, what a goal, what a goal. And what did I know say? Please, I knew you were going to miss it. One of the messages was yours. I seen going, Bob, Bob, please tell me you saw that. Please tell me you saw that. And I'm like, ah, I'm sitting going like, Beverly. is that us? Are we done? Aye, aye. I'm fu- I was gutted, man. Honestly, gutted. What a goal, but I- See the minute, see the minute it left his foot. I just thought to myself, please, God, hit one of the puddles. Hit <laughs> one of the fucking puddles. Well, but, I thought he was putting it for a corner when he took when he took it. I thought yeah, he was putting it. No, out. I, that's a hundred percent deliberate in my in my eyes. Oh, there's no there's no argument. There's no man. 100%. You know what? He's he's anyway. He's he's fucking what a goal, man. Do you know something? You it's know, not just like the conditions that it's in. Right, Aye, exactly. It's not the ones scared, that we've like Wayne Rooney and and uh, David Beckham and all of them. They've been on fucking Premiership pitches. That pitch at Rangers played. Uh, Standard liaison was an absolute, <laughs> was an absolute shambles. You know, it's, the game shouldn't have even continued. If we're being honest with ourselves, the ball wasn't going fucking five feet when folk were kicking it. So it went fifty-five yards when Ruth kicked it. Mate. Well, that's it. That's what I mean. That's my whole yeah. point. Oh, no. mate, it's why they ones. I've seen you've seen Charlie Adam doing it. You've seen Rooney doing it. You've seen Beckham doing it. But. Roofs for me, being biased, obviously being a Rangers fan, but it's where, like Gerard said, it's where he collects the ball. It's what he does before he takes the shot. He, take, he takes three men out the game on a fucking 
on a fucking swimming pool. Do you know what I mean? Basically, like fucking runs with it, takes three men out of the game, and then to do that, like you say, Tog, you're bang on the conditions, everything. It is a fucking world class bit of genius. And I wish right, I So we've it asked uh, football fans who listen to this show to basically tell us the best goal that they've ever seen live. So that was the big question this week on Football Daft. So what's yours, Credo? One that you've been there for, the actually been in the stadium. Do you know what? I think that's, that's a hard question. Do you know what? One that sticks out to me is, was it Newman scored an absolute belter a goal against Celtic in the early 2000s? Aye. I remember seeing that live because that was right in front of me in Govan Front. That's that's what instantly pops in my mind. Um, um, my, my dad took me to the, my first old forum. My mom wasn't allowing me to go. My, do, my dad ended up taking me. And it was, I don't, I remember it vaguely, but I was there and I always claim i seen it live, and I did, but it's probably not my dad's seat around a fish. Albert's free kick in the New Year game at Ibrox. I was there, I was at that game. In the I was a screamer and all. It's funny you say that, because I was no well, man, and I had to give my ticket away to, to my brother that day. That was straight in New Year, wasn't it? That was a great nah, goal. It was man. a New Year game. It was a great goal, an absolute screamer. What about you, Tom? Um, mine's... It's got to be Larson's lob against Rangers, to be honest with you. It's got to be... I, I mean, that. I always think he goes like... Nakamura's free kick against Man United and stuff right. like that. But for for the goal, that goal, Larson's goal against Rangers in the six two game was a fucking beauty. I think that's the best right. goal I've ever seen live. Anyway, Dougie says Simon Steenrod for Falkirk away at St Johnson. They had scored when Falkirk kicked off and Steenrod went for it for the halfway line and it went sailing right into the net. Were you there for that one there, John Boy? I that isn't Dougie that said that. That's John that's fucking wrote that. No, I wasn't. <laughs> this is one of these goals that it's like, you know, when the Sex Pistols played in Manchester, everyone claims that they were there. Uh, there was 80,000 in a 5,000 arena. Uh, it, was, it was like one of those ones, but the, no one's really seen it because it was Alex Totten, who's the manager of St. Johnson at the time, is now a legend at Falkirk. He taped over the goal. Like with neighbours or Coronation Street or something like that. So we need to get to the boat with us. I want to know what happened. I want somebody's goat coverage of that somewhere. And I want Simon Stainrod. Can't on get this. It. Alex Totten I want, over it. Alex Totten. I want Stainrod and I want Totten on here. I want I want to know what Totten put on that video. There's some <laughs> that, that, that this goes deeper. This there's a story here. There's some there's there's a sensational story somewhere here, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know something, John? What? I was ill that day. Gary says Ian Jardin scoring from a free kick the inside buffs. his own half for the buffs. Pretty sure if the keeper hadn't got a hand on it, it wouldn't have counted as it was an indirect free kick. Am I right, Grado? That is correct. I wasn't in that game, but my, my father came back. I can't, I can't remember if it was against, I don't know if it was the Meda. Um, but folks spoke about that for a, a, a good wee while Ian Jardine man see when I was I remember Ian Jardine playing football I felt as if he was about 55 at the time or not he was a big centre half a right kind of old guy man but I just I could play with Kelly as well but I'm going to find out more details off my dad for that Gary and we'll get back to that next week uh, we've got Mark here it says Lukas Jokovic equaliser for Motherwell against Hibs oh, in the 6 game what uh, a goal Van Basten like says, aye, but that was as close to Van Basten aye, as I've ever really Definitely, man. Definitely. Stephen says Koulibaly's goal against Celtic for Kilmarnock. Mm. That was a That was a one for, for about 45 yards, man. Yeah. Right. Doogie says Colin Anil in a 1991 Scottish Cup semi final replay 
for Motherwell against Celtic. 35 yarder into the top corner. Was in the director's box at Hamden on some comps and got into trouble for going absolutely mental. Mm. John, John, you've said something here. I don't know if it's been one of Earl John's mis- famous mistakes. It's not one of John's famous mistakes. I copied and pasted this over. Right, if you copy and pasted this, then John, Nakamura's goal against Rangers in the 3-2 game. Right, no, there wasn't a 3-2 game where Nakamura scored against Rangers. There was a 2-1 game, John. So I'm already starting to think you maybe won me at the game. Right. Um, 3-2 game, ball put in for Caldwell and he hit it on the bounce. McGregor had no chance. That right. goal was a fucking screamer. It was. It was. It was a great goal, man. It was a very painful night. I remember it well. I remember it well. Very, very painful night. David says Gaza's third goal against Aberdeen to give us eight in a row. I was at that game. And I probably goal. actually changed my pick to that now. <laughs> <laughs> like you change your fucking top ten Rangers. We'll get back. We'll not go into that again. But Scott says Aberdeen's second goal v Real Madrid and 83 Cup Winners Cup final. I don't remember as well. It was diving header, was it not? Yeah. Glasgow lockdown says Grado's goal at Ibrook. Oh wait. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, everybody opened up with the red seat. You let you go through the score, man, and you fucking shanked it with a fucking free iron. We've covered this. It was really putting the wrong feet that day. Really putting the wrong feet. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident. Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. It's the podcast that allows ex-footballers the chance to replay their last game once again. It is one last match. And this week, it's the turn of Stuart McCall. Yeah, I used to say to Gazza, listen, I'll do the dirty work, I'll get the ball and give it to you, but he would be backslide tackling, heading. He was an all-round midfielder, mm. although he had fantastic ability and, you know, he could change the game, you know, flick of his, his boot. Find out why he thinks things could have been so different for Gazza, what it was like to fall out with Walter Smith and his regrets on missing out on 10 in a row. A catch-up on previous episodes now as well, with the likes of John Hartson, Gary Pallister and Jason McAteer. It's on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And just remember, it's never too late for one last match. Audio Frontier. Listen, everybody hates when you've got a coupon down, you know. There's always that one team that lets you down when they can see the last-minute goal. For me, last night, it was a goal. I needed a goal. One more goal. And I would have had a few hundred quid in my pocket. Real Madrid fucked me. But here at Football Daft, we want to help you out with this in a brand new way to beat the bookies. TradeMateSports.com It's a new tool for sports traders that calculates the true odds of a sporting event and signals when the bookies make mistakes so that you can exploit them. And on to, on to, coming on to the show to tell us about it just now, is straight from down under, actually, all the way from Australia. All the <laughs> way from Australia. It's the marketing manager of TradeMateSports.com, Alex Vela. G'day, mate. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Sorry, that's Cheers terrible. That. I, I apologise. It's got to be done, though, mate. It's got to be done. <laughs> well, listen, um, Alex, tell me a wee bit more about TradeMate Sports. Yeah, so TradeMate Sports is a value betting software. So I guess a lot of people are probably unfamiliar with the term value betting. Um, I guess the 
yeah, I, I just really, I'd probably best to just dumb it down as much as possible. It's just about betting on deviations between bookmakers, so different betting odds. So I guess the <clears throat> the easiest example is the coin flip example. Heads or tails, the odds on either side would be should be two in odds. So 50-50 is your chance. Um, and what value betting is, is, is we're just saying like imagine if for some, I mean, let's just say the coin is completely equal like there's no chance that it's it's you know weighted unevenly or anything like that um so it's a 50 50 chance of flipping on either heads or tails imagine if i said to you that instead of giving you two in odds i'll give you 2.2 in odds or 2.1 in odds whatever that is so you're getting value in a way like you're getting a bigger value than what you um than what the actual probability is and then on the other side i'll say you get 1.9 or 1.8 in odds uh, for tails, let's just say. So every day of the week, you're going to say heads because um, when it does want, land on heads, you're going to... You've got you've, you've get yeah. a chance of winning more, more money. Not more chance yeah. of winning, but a chance of winning more money. Uh, exactly. And um, so, yeah, you, I mean, you play that scenario out thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of times, how many times you want to do it like in the long run you're going to make a fair fair crack of money so um yeah i guess that's that's value betting at its core um and there's yeah how that relates to sports betting i guess i can explain later but um yeah i guess that's like the core principle like the easiest way for people to understand so what exactly does your service offer yeah so basically there's this is where it might get a bit bit complicated but there's like bookmakers that are really good at predicting the true odds of a game so essentially there's uh millions um probably not billions of dollars but sometimes tens of millions of dollars put into a football game like um you know, like your Liverpool versus Arsenal's, your Manchester United versus Chelsea, like these these are huge games. So there's millions of dollars put into these games. So there's actually like over time, like a fair price is created, like the correct probability of the game is created. Um, so what TradeMate does is we track like the, the sharpest odds, like the ones that, that create the truest probability of the game. But on the other hand, there's some bookmakers that are really, really shit. They're just they're they're really shit at at putting their odds up, or at least they're um, they're really slow at reacting to changes in the market. So what happens is you might get your Bet Three Six Five or your Paddy Power. These kind of bookmakers, they're really slow at changing their odds. So uh, best example that ever happened was uh, in a cup game between Chelsea and Man City about three or four years ago. Uh, basically, uh, Man City came out and they fielded like five youngsters or five debutants, never played a game of football in their life, or at least for Man City. Um, and so they played against a strong Chelsea team. And so what happened was obviously that news came in an hour before kickoff the odds like significantly drop on Chelsea because they've realised, all right, you know, the likes of Aguero, De Bruyne, whoever was playing at the time aren't playing. Um, So Chelsea's odds significantly drop from like one point, I think it was 1.8 to 1.4 or something, something ridiculous like that. And so what happens in that scenario is uh, our customers get an alert saying, look, 
Manchester or Chelsea are at 1.8 in odds here, but their real probability of winning is 1.4. Now, that's like a really exaggerated example um, of how, of like, you know, it's not always going to drop by that much. Um, but I guess, yeah, so you get an alert as a customer and then you can just go, righto, there's the bet that I want to get on. There's the bookmaker where it's at. That's how much I should put on it. And then you go and uh, place that at your bookmaker. So basically, um, it's the service is guiding people to slow, like slow reactions, but also uh, bookmakers that aren't given the true odds to a game are given actually more than the true odds. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's almost like exploiting bookmakers that are really slow at changing their odds. That's probably the easiest way of putting it. Bookmakers uh, yeah. have been exploiting us for years, so it's about fucking time. Oh man, <laughs> I I couldn't agree. And I mean, the thing is, is that the shame about everything is that once you, um, I mean, we I've seen it myself multiple times, and obviously our customers. The biggest problem is that. They don't want winning players. I don't know how much you guys know about this kind of stuff, but um, you'll notice, you know, within I think my quickest limitation was maybe three weeks or four weeks after I started using the software, got a nice little message from Bet365 or sometimes they don't even message you and they'll just say, um, I mean, this Bet365 completely banned me. Um, But, Yes, most bookmakers will, you know, you go say, yeah, I'll put $100 on this and then they'll filter it and go, no, nah, you can have uh, you can have $3 on this. So, uh, yeah, it's that's that's the problem. That's the only limitation to this at all is that eventually it might be one year from now, it might be one week from now. I mean, I've had one day. Uh, they will limit you because they know, they know that your strategy um, just from like, you know, you placing maybe five to 10 bets so they can see that your strategy in the long term is a winning one and that they'd rather just get rid of you now because they know in the long term they're completely fucked. No, fair dues, fair dues. Um, so as you said, I, you've been getting limited and stuff like that, um, but have the bookies actually caught wind of TradeMate Sports and are, are they not trying to shut you down or anything like that? No. No, well, he, the thing is, is like, we're reasonably, I guess, if you compare us, like how many people use TradeMate Sports compared to how many people use a bookmaker, we are a very, very, very small community. So their their risk management tactics are to, to limit people, like we said. So rather than um, become a sharper bookmaker, like, you know, get better, better algorithms, models in place so that these issues don't occur with them. They'd rather just take the easy route. And if you win a bit of money over time, if you're, if you're getting better odds, then you should be getting in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, just, that's just their risk management uh, situation at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe it's something to worry about in the future, but at the moment we... Uh, Trust me, like, I mean, bookmakers make make millions. Some, I mean, I think Bet365 make hundreds of millions, maybe even billions of dollars. Like, they they do not give a fuck about us. <laughs> we, are very, we are a very, very small community. I mean, mate, one day hopefully, you know, we'll be sitting here saying, um, look, we've just, we've just changed. I mean, that's our, our, our 
our co-founder Jonas Yelstad. He's a professional sports better. His and he created the software. He he his his goal is to create a revolution in the gambling industry. Um, as much as we love that at the moment, like you know these bookmakers like Bet Three Six Five, Paddy Power, Unibet, so on. You know they don't need to worry about us right now. How did how did the football daft listeners get involved? Is it is it literally a case of going onto the website and and signing up, or um, how how did they go about it? Yeah, so just I guess we'll leave a link in the description or whatever, and you guys just click on that, and uh, that'll take you to our homepage, and then you can yeah start a free week trial. Uh, I think it's like the top right hand corner of the website. Just press sign up. You don't, and the good thing is is that we don't take any credit card, debit card details or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, just start a free trial, no no strings attached. Um, and, yeah, just, just have a look. And, yeah, like I, I think it's just it, it's important because uh, well, I guess we've just realised over time that people just start a free week trial just to um, check it out, and, and which, is, which is fine. Like you should obviously check it all out, but come in with the mindset of if you are going to, you know, take this seriously to, to uh, make this a long-term thing and not just a... Um, yeah, just a one-week thing because yep. value betting is all about years and years and years or Under- maybe months. Maybe I've exaggerated a bit. <laughs> I Under- understand exactly what you're saying there. It's, you know, it really is really quite interesting to me, yeah, this sort of thing because, as I said, I've I've been making weekly donations to Skybet and William Hill and fucking yeah. Paddy Power and Bet365, <laughs> like you said, every single week for the past God knows how long. So... You know, a wee bit of guidance wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened to me, to be honest with you. But listen, Alex, uh, like you said, we're going to put the uh, the link in the description underneath the podcast uh, this week. And if you're interested in this, give it a click, have a look, take your free trial, and you never know. You could have you could have money falling out your pockets by this time in a couple of years. Uh, Alex, thanks <laughs> very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And that's TradeMateSports.com, folks. Give them a go. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. The ProSet Playoff is back, ladies and gentlemen, and it's got a brand new sponsor. Have you boys heard of PiSports.com? Yes. We've spoke about them a bit before, haven't yes. they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously in these days of COVID, we can't get the football, we can't get our pies. So these guys are sorting out pies that will be delivered to your door in time for the matches at the weekend. And when are we getting our pies? When are we getting our free pies delivered? <laughs> well, boys, I'm, I'm going to just ask you that question because the good people at piesports.com have asked what he's wants. So I'm going to run through some of their selections for you. Oh, oh sorry. I will give you a choice. I'll come to you first, Stephen. Would you want the internationals, the 352, the 433, the 442, the developmental squad, the dugout, the executive box, or the kit bag? The 433. What you're getting in there, sir? Four scotch pies, three jumbo sausage rolls, and three macaroni pies. I'm happy with that. Chris, I'm happy what you want? 
What was what was I want the di- the director's box one? Aye, I want the executive <laughs> one. Executive box, both Grado and Chris going for the executive box, and sensationally you're getting six buffy steak pies, six Great. buffy chicken curry pies, and six buffy macaroni pies. Oh, you made a blunder, something. <laughs> <laughs> can, 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 can I change my order, please, Jess? <laughs> what would you like, Stephen? What they two vote? Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and listen to this one, boys. They've got a new international pie section, which you can get as well. And there you'll get two steak and sausage pies, two chicken curry pies, and two macaroni pies, and two chicken and chorizo pies. How's that? Oh. I'll change my order. I'll yeah. change my order. Give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh, you can get all that piesports.com you can order on their website or by calling their SOS hotline which is send or save these see what they've done there I see it so I you'll get and you can also give them a call 0141 739 999 and you'll get your pies free of charge uh, check out the postcodes on their website um, you'll be able to see that and get it in for the games this weekend. So that is what is up for grabs this week. You can choose one of those fantastic packages uh, on the ProSet Playoff if you win. Uh, and on to play this week, it's Craig Miko, who's a Ranger supporter. How you doing, my man? How you doing, Craig? Not, not bad. Try to take it easy on Chris. Ah, oh, come on, you <laughs> man. I've, I've had a hard time here the past couple of weeks. He's a breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig, do you know how the game works? Yep. I've got in front of me the pro set playoff cards from the 91-92 Scottish Premier League season. I'll read the description on the back of the card. Uh, you've got to buzz in if you know the answer. Give me the name of the player. But if you do buzz in and I get the wrong answer, it passes on to the next person and you can't buzz back in. First to two wins. And if you don't get it by the end of the description, I'll flip the card over so you can see the picture. Uh, anyone you want to play? Do you want to, do you want to make it old firm, uh, Craig? Or do you want one of the, the Rangers boys? Oh, Botlock. Right, okay. We'll, 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 we'll draw the name out. I'm drawing the name out the hat. Here we go. It is... Grado! Oh. <laughs> Grado is a demon at this, so... We'll see. First to two gentlemen, right? First player up out of the card. This player plays for Motherwell. He joined Motherwell in 1986 from Paul Juniors and was top scorer at Fur Park last season with 14 Premier League goals from only 26 starts. Mm. A marked improvement on previous season when he managed just five. His main attributes are his strength and speed off the mark. Motherwell striker in the 91 92 season. Is it? Nah. John Spencer played with Motherwell in the early days, no? Chris McCart. It's not Chris McCart. He was a defender. Great. Do you want to stab it or do you want me to flip the card over? Nah, I'm not saying I flip the card over. I don't get it. Nah, I don't know. Dougie Arnett. Ah, Dougie Arnett. On to the next player. I forgot to get your buzzers for you, so we'll just go with Craig and Grado. Um, <laughs> right, this player was one of Liam Brady's first signings in an attempt to bring success to Celtic Park in the eve of this season. He's a tall, robust striker whose main strength is in aerial duels. <clears throat> this player's career began in Gillingham, and after six seasons, he joined Millwall, where he continued... Come on, one he's have got in order. Come on, if After three years at the Den, he joined Aston Villa in a £1 million move in 1990. He is a full international for the Republic of... Come on! Come on, Craig. I know you're a Rangers supporter. This guy's a bit of a, an icon in many... I didn't hear that, man. Oh. Right. He, he played that. He played over a hundred games for Marseille. 
I will flip over the card. Who is that player? I don't care. No, I'm stumped today, man. Kasker, you know your pair of daft. It's Tony ah. Congratulations, Chris. Oh, my word. <laughs> Hopefully he'll get this one, but it is another Celtic player. This player is now enjoying his second spell at Celtic since making his league bow in 1980. After three seasons, he left to join Arsenal and spent five... <laughs> Credo! Credo. Ah, is it Charlie Nichols? He's yes. sitting there thinking, and it is yeah. Charlie Nichols. Sitting there thinking. <laughs> On the wet weekend. Where's, where's the score? 1-0, Credo. Oh, we're like, struggling today, Bob. We're struggling today. <laughs> Next player. I think we've had this one come out of the pack before, but we'll go again. This player spent nine seasons as a regular first-teamer with Celtic before a surprise move to the crack German club Borussia Dortmund. Gredo. Gredo. Murdo McLeod. No. Gredo, Craig. I'm afraid there's no pies for you this weekend, my friend. They're all going to Gredo. I'm so rubbish that's why because I just think I, well, I'm saying that I'm saying that it's a belter well, unlucky thanks for coming on and playing hey Craig Craig now you know how I've felt for the past three fucking games you bastard <laughs> <laughs> I know he, he's sitting in front there with, with all the answers I bet you I'm not just me I've tried all that outrageous assault what you can say what them always cheated never defeated Craig eh? exactly exactly A- accusations man accusations <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for Stevie cheers man no. and remember if you want to get pies uh, get on to com get yourself sorted out for the games this weekend football daft with g4 claims find them on twitter facebook and instagram at g4 claims limited now let's welcome to football daft a former motherwell aberdeen and the current dundee united captain with over 500 career appearances it's mark reynolds welcome to show mark how you doing guys all right hi good mate thanks thanks for coming on thank you no problem you started off no bad this season, Mark. It's kind of went a wee bit downhill since then. What's going on at United? It's, I didn't know it's hard. It's a hard league. Um, last season we were we were um, we were the favourites. We had the strongest squad with the best players, and we were expected to go up. Obviously, we got the the tainted title with COVID, kind of cutting the season short early. And, we got promoted, but we knew it was going to be tough. And then again, again, I've this seems I don't like to turn this into a COVID nineteen talk, but it's 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 put a lot of restrictions on us. And uh, we wanted to bring in a lot more players, wanted to kind of change things up a bit, and it's just not happened. But the Scottish Premiership's a good league; it's got good players and good teams. So we knew it was going to be tough, um, and we're, we're just finding our feet. And then again, you take all of that, and then you, your manager decides that he wants to go to Hearts and just leaves Hi. after the season. That throws a span on the wall. <laughs> That was a shocker, actually. That was a shocker, man. How did you come out of that? <laughs> but the thing, and the thing is, in football, you guys are all like, there's always rumours and there's always things kicking about and there's always kind of, you hear a rumbling or you hear this or you know what I mean, that, and it, it, it builds steam and then it kind of either happens or you, somebody will tell you something. Sunday morning, I think my dad texts me saying, oh, see your gaffer's going hearts. <laughs> and I just text my dad reads the papers all the time, like, and everything on the internet, and no matter who the guy is, this guy knows, and I'm like, him, like, Dad, no. Like, I've told you this before, like, stop reading the website, stop, like, I would know, like, stop when I came it. He's like, well, it's on the papers, and by about three o'clock, 
we get a call saying Zoom call at five on the Zoom call. Yeah, the gaffers away. We're just like, what? <gasps> and we and that was thing we'd been on the week before it. We'd been on calls and talking about like a review of the season, how how the championship season had went, what we could do better, what like what you want to see going forward. I'm going nowhere. <laughs> I, and it was like, <laughs> I can tell you that today I'm going nowhere it wasn't even like there was like a 20 minute call they were like it was like three four hours for three nights that week and I'm like I've just been on the phone we've got you know what I mean we've got a battle plan for next season there's no chance Aye. and then I that was him off he went how much a setback is that, but Mark? I mean, what you, what's the boys like? You're all in a WhatsApp group chat and all that, text each other going, I can't fucking believe that. He told me <laughs> last week he was time. Aye, exactly. Told me he's giving a new contract. What's happened to that? <laughs> 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 uh, like, he just, I, it just, we just kind of got, but you know what the thing is? See, because of the coronavirus and that, it was just like, we just accepted it. Like, even, even when we won the league, like, we found out via Zoom call, like, mm. oh, the, the, Tony Ashgar phoned me and says, look, We've uh, that's it. The director of football says that we've. I think we've. That's us got the league. Like we're champions, and I was like brilliant. And that was like that was that. And I was like, I thought one about this, and he's like, so we're going to have a Zoom call with the boys. We'll just announce it. So that was fine. And it leaked to the papers or leaked to the press, and then Sky Sports um, boys stand outside wherever it is. I think it was just his garden. To be fair, he's like uh, Dundee United named champions, but the SPL have yet to confirm whether they'll be promoted. They might just get named champions in eight players. So we think like. What do we celebrate here? Like, aye, we're aye. interested in We want to go up, so that just get rolled into the, and then the gaffer left, and it just got to say, he was just saying, like, right, what's next? Like, what else can you throw at us here? So I would just get used to getting aye, absolute shot. As this year has been just shocks. Yeah, Mark, have you heard for have you heard for Robbie Nielsen since he went to Hearts? Have you had any like personal chats with him and all that? A few times, aye, and I've like I just kind of like like I gone for, I gone great with Robbie. Like I was his captain, he used to go in, and it was very like. He's, he's a very intense guy and he's got his way of doing stuff and he's like the fittest guy I've ever met in my life like mm-hmm. his idea of fun is going like a 50k cycle at night or like a 10k run trying with like, and it's like <laughs> 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 no Gredo he does it in real time no I, I oh right so he does the date on the Wii or anything like that then no, no. <laughs> does it in actual real life and it's like so he, he just lost it. and that's not me like I'm I'm like I always like to say I'm not a German car I just rely on efficiency like I don't want to move a lot I just want to Aye. do as bare minimum I can do so it's like bye so I go and find him like he's a great guy and I phoned him and I was just like I, I actually when I went Gathel I went actually Robbie isn't it? <laughs> and he's like well he's like you know he says you know football he's like things change <laughs> I was like I know just like it wasn't an issue he's like look and Hearts were always his team and I've told this story before. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you've done a podcast. I don't know how many followers you guys got. A lot, twenty million or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe too much. But I'm going to tell you anyway. So we done a we had a meeting to do with the new strips, and uh, they brought three of the players in: the manager, um, director of football, a couple of the commercial guys to discuss the new strips and what colours we could do. Obviously, our new strip for the away strip is purple. So we've been speaking Aye. about changing the colour on that and just going over stuff and. Uh, Robbie just kept saying, I just think it needs a bit more maroon in it. And I'm like, what? Like, we've never had a strip with maroon in it. And he's like, no, I mean, I mean tangerine. I mean, I like, I like the pop, but we have a more tangerine. We're like, and then two minutes later, he's like, I just, he's not, I like where it's going, but could we put maroon in it? 
And we're like, it's, and we're like, it's never going to get Maroons. And I said, from that point, I knew if Hearts came in for him, he was gone. Aye, like, aye. That's all he thought about. Heart, heart staffed, mate. Just heart staffed. Ash used his team. And it, you, you can, I knew it was his team. And I think it would have took a massive club in England to get rid of him. And he was, he was 100% buying into what we were doing at Dundee United. But Hearts came calling and, and uh, mm. it was him. And he kind of said as much. And I was just kind of, and I think as well, the club kind of said, look, if you want to go and, and kind of pursue that avenue. We're we're not interested in staying because we want people that are 100 percent committed. So I think there was there was a lot of factors at play as to why it, it happened so quickly. But I, he was yeah. fine, and I'm sure if, if we see him again, he'll he'll, he'll just I, he'll be fine, mate, and just telling his players to to smash as they used to do with us when he was young. <laughs> Brilliant. But here, do you know what? That's amazing. You were telling me is this was this just because of COVID, but the likes of the new strips, or had that? Do you is that a normal thing? Where they come in and go, would these want the colours to be next year? That's amazing. I've, I never knew that kind of. Well, so it, it's never. It's never, when I was at I was also at Aberdeen for eight years, and we never, we always used to say that we want in on it. We want to be saying it because we right. used to look. It takes place in January, and it'll need to be next January. And by the time January can we forgot about it, and then the strips are coming out, and we we want to we want to design them. But like, <laughs> another the more like they're designed, they're ready to go. Aye. Aye. And it, but we'd say that. And, Tony asked, I just want to it's just trying to do stuff a wee bit different and trying to keep an involvement and give him the say. So he's like, look, absolutely, come in, we'll put it in the calendar. So we went in and um, I, it was it was good to be involved. That's the first time we'd kind of been, or I'd kind of been involved in it. And it's, I'd love that, man. I'd be brilliant. It sounds dead cool. I'd be like designing my new leotard, do you know what I mean, when I'm sitting with the woman who does that? <laughs> it's interesting. stuff. It's almost like a, like a compromise because we're like, we want it like that and like, the guy's like, yeah, we can do that but it needs to be these slaves but we don't let him and we want that call. He's like, yeah, we can't do it with that call. So there was loads, like we, we thought we'd just get carte blanche and just say like, we want a purple strip, you know what I mean? Aye. We want neon pink on it and the guy would be like, absolutely love it but he's like, that won't work. We can't do that. We need to do this. So, but it, I mean, it worked too good and it was, I think for Dundee United, it was a big risk taking a purple strip as well because they have really done that. And uh, I think they managed to tie it in with a charity with Alzheimer's Scotland as well because that's their kind of colours. So Aye. it ended up, being, ended up being pretty good and the strip's lovely as well. So that's what we'd say. And if, if it went down well, then obviously we were involved. And if the fans hated it, then we had nothing to do with it and mm-hmm. we just need to wear it. Aye. So, so let me, looking back, right, you did, you started <clears throat> off your, your career at Motherwell, right? Were you a Motherwell supporter growing up? I was I, I so oh. I was mother was my team so like I was born in like, I was born in mother I was born like a hundred yards down the road to Fort Park went to school there yeah. I was involved in the youth team at mother from when I was about eleven so we used to get free tickets and that and I typical mother boy get free tickets for something that's my team absolutely so I used to go <laughs> my, my pals are still big mother fans uh, they still give me dogs abuse when I go back uh, <laughs> absolute pelters I've scored and I've scored twice against them as well scored for Aberdeen and scored for. How does that feel? How does that feel being a Motherwell fan? Uh, see, I love it. I love it. And, I've, like, and it's, it's quite a divisive thing as well because some people are like, how dare you? Like, that's your team. And it's like, but Aye. it's football. Like, I'm, se- I'm not celebrating to like, knock you off. I'm celebrating the joy of scoring. Like, I'm celebrating for my team. So, like, Aye. and a lot of people, like, and you see the guys that like, like, score against some teams that just stand there as if, like, but no, I was right in front of the Well Boys giving it the yes, here we go. And it was a winner <laughs> against that. And it was a winner the last time. <laughs> It's kind of like, I Motherwell were great, they were my team, and I still love them, I still like them doing well, and they gave me a great start in the game, but ultimately, I'm, I'm going to, I don't score many goals, so I'm Aye. going to go mental for them. Does any of your pals genuinely fought with you, after you do that, if you're giving it large? No, really. the... One of my pals, McGill, Dave McGill, he's a, he's a big, probably the biggest, and he texts me genuinely, like, and I can tell he's genuinely torn when he's texting me, that it really hurts him that we've won, and when I scored and celebrated, he texts me, like, you bastards, like, you've done it again, it's like, no respect. <laughs> He's like, no, no, respect, no, no respect. 
<laughs> and he's and he's being serious, and it's like, and I can tell the way he's texting that it's it's hurting him. He's like, but it's just he knows it. But he he sits in the crowd. The crowds were back in. He used to sit in the crowd and he would shout like nonsense about me being a turncoat and this and that. And like it was a joke. It was a joke between me and him. But the guys next to him were all agreeing. I'm like, you're right, son. Yes. <laughs> well, like my God. So I, but I, like, well, I, I love them. My time, model. And uh, wait, wait, um, wait, wait, are you, Mark? Now. I'm the, I'm kind of Benjamin Button. Nobody really knows me. I'm trying to pretend I'm still under thirty, but I'm now I'm actually thirty three. You're very free. So I'm just thinking because I mean, it feels like, I don't know. You seem like a player that's just been playing forever. It feels like that. Do you know that way, Bob? Totally. I mean, by I, that, it feels like you've always you been know a what? Grado, I get. I know what you're saying, right? But I get. I, mean? I get the opposite feeling. <laughs> right. I feel as if you've only recently come onto the scene, and I know you've been playing for a right few years, but. Like when you broke in, I don't know if that's a compliment, but is it? No, no, but a little, no, but do you remember, like, there was when you when you came through at first, you were the next big hangman. Yeah. Like there was there was clubs falling over themselves to try and sign you and mm. stuff like that. And I I always remember that. So I, but I feel as if that was quite recently. I don't know if that's just because twenty twenties fucking with my head. You know, I, feel- was, I remember. Uh, there was kind of chat. Was Rangers no sniffing about you as well, Mark? Was it two thousand seven or something like that? As early as that, maybe. Would he? Yeah, Everybody was sniffing about him at one point. Mm, aye. I used to be a good player, man. I used to be hot, hot property, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bob doesn't show my two boys, but like, I used to be a bottle. I know Shanks is the main man, but I used to be me. <laughs> used to mate, mate, Dundee United are like they're keeping clean sheets all the time. Shanks isn't the main man anymore, mate. I, I, no, I, he's I, no doubt up front. I, I, I don't like the wing backs overlap, but I'm like, you stay here next to me. <laughs> I've been crossing them for him, just keep the clean sheet. But I, like, I, I, I mean, I, I made my debut when I was just like four or five days before my 18th birthday, so I was 17. And then I went away with Scotland to um, the under 19 European Championships. We got to the final against Spain. Gerard Pique and that were playing in that team. They battled us, battled us in the group. Is that how long ago that was? Jesus Christ, man. Right, so, Mark, um, answer me this, Mark, right? Is Mark McGee the grumpiest manager you've ever worked for? See, no, right? No. I knew uh, you were going to say that. I knew you were and, going to say that. And do you know what? The boys that had... So I went to Aberdeen after he'd been there and the boys at Aberdeen couldn't believe my opinion on Mark McGee. Uh, like, because it was like it was as if we were dealing with two different people. Uh, <laughs> and, like, and, and McGee done this, that, and they're like, stop talking about him like you liked him. Like, you really <laughs> liked him. Like, this was like... So, but... Because he, he came in, so I so when I made my debut with Morris Malpass, or Terry Butcher, then Morris Malpass, and then we struggled under Mo, finished 11th, like we missed out in relegation by, I think St Mung got beat on the last day, and that kept us in the league. We were meant, we were we had to, so we had to win, like two of our last three games, we played them firm, I'm sure we played them firm one, and then the last game was St Mung, right? And one of my pals was in the squad and wasn't getting involved, was getting released at the end of the season. And he, he said to me before the game, he says, All we need is you and Scott McDonald to get sent off. And then last game of the season, this team was relegated. And me and Scott get sent off in the game. I get sent off for ball and Scott get sent off for chopping somebody. And uh, <laughs> last, so the last game of the season, I had to watch, me and Scott had to watch in the stand. And uh, we got lost 2 1. And then we had to wait on other scores coming through and we, we managed to stay up. And then Mark McGee came in after that season and was just like a breath of fresh air. And we, we, I mean, don't know if you remember. Tolson, I don't remember. He can't remember what's happening yesterday. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, we played some good football under Mark McGee. Like we finished third in the league, fourth in the league, like behind Celtic Rangers. Like, aye, aye. He just came in and we, I mean, 
we were f- we, the, f- the fittest that I've ever been. Like we do- we went to Austria for pre-season and we done triple sessions. So it, it goes up at six in the morning and we ran for an hour, like just ran as fast as we could for an hour. And then we get breakfast and then we trained for another two hours, just running again. And then we get the balls out in the afternoon. We've done that for a week. So we were so fit. And we, I mean, like Ross McCormick, Chris Porter, David Clarkson up front, front three, that was just terrorising teams. And we, we just kind of just wanted to play football. And he, I mean, I was actually speaking to a couple of boys that done the United this all week. And I'm saying that like, he came in and he's first mate and he says, look, I'll apologise to the defenders and the centre-halves. He says, you will not enjoy this. He says, because we will score goals. He's like, and if we win games 6-5 or 7-5, he says, that's good enough for me. He's like, I don't yeah, care about conceding goals. He's like, I just want to score more goals. And that's what oh, we've done. We just yeah. battered teams. And it was, so it was like, I love playing under him. It was great. Aye. Aye. It's like, it's almost as if he's had a different, <clears throat> you saying that there, and I remember Motherwell was such a good team at that point, but it's almost as if now he's got this reputation of being like a grumpy old guy in it. Is that video? It's that video, mate. You're right, Joe. Get your fucking phone out of your face. Turn that fucking phone off, you, you prick. It started doing the rounds with the caption underneath it. I'm a bogus gas man and all that. You know what? I think his time at Aberdeen, because again, when he came into Motherwell, we just finished up. He had a good squad of players. Boys were keen. And uh, boys, it suited the way he wanted to play. And then he went to Aberdeen. And I've worked under managers who give it the, oh, we done this at Motherwell. My mother old boys would have done that. My mother old boys never questioned that. And you, you think, I don't care about your mother old boys. Right. Like, we'll know them. So aye, I think you kind of stopped working from there. And then it just, I, as you say, just get more and more. And then it culminated <laughs> in that video that, that uh, done the right <laughs> That was brilliant. You'd but was, that that, was that the season that David Clarkson scored in what the first eight games or something? He scored, wait, what, st- he, he scored every game for like eight games in the trot or something at the start of the season, didn't he? It might have been, but I, I don't know also if he done that for Dundee. He did do it for Dundee as well. I think, I, uh, well, I, I, think I mean, Clarkson ended up getting a Scotland cap scoring for against Czech Republic. Like, mm-hmm. McCormick, I mean, Ross McCormick, when he signed for us, was a joke. Like, mm-hmm. and I'll take So, Ross McCormick signed for us, right? And he was still young, came for Rangers, like one of the next big things, and uh, just kind of came to us to get game time. So he kicked about with kind of me and the younger boys in the squad, like with Carl Sheer up to train that, and he kept saying to us, like, uh, I just don't feel right, like, I just know at it, like, it feels like something's missing. And we were, we were just thinking, like, this guy's just not adapting to life in Muddle because at Rangers, Murray Park is immaculate. I don't know if you've been there, but the setup's incredible. Aye, aye. Everything's aye. done for you at Rangers, like, Rangers is a big, like, massive club in Scotland. He's came to Muddle, and it's like, you're getting a minibus to training, or you're Carl Sheer to training, and we don't have our own training ground. We're just saying, the office is in there. So we just liked him, look. You'll get used to it. Don't worry, like these things, it takes time in that. Turns out he had an overactive thyroid gland and it was like proper, like he proper just couldn't get used to it. Like, and we're telling him, don't go see a doctor, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a minibus, mate. Honestly, that's <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> you'll love the mini- you will love the minibus, like it's the best part of the day. And he's like, the fact is he's not like I might need an operation, but they put him in his medication, I swear to God. They put him in this medication and he was like a different player. Like, he was electric. Like, like, ripping out for us and then he kicked on and moved down south. But I, we, me and three of my mates nearly got him killed by telling him. Like, <laughs> 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 then, then when he gets his medication, he's buzzing. He's fucking driving the minibus for you. He's not at the end of the game. <laughs> no, he's running beside it all the way down the fucking... <laughs> That's funny, right, man. Man. So yeah, after after Motherwell, you've uh, you've went down south for a wee while with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, how how did that come about, and what was the experience like overall? 
that was, I mean, that was like, it was like a paid holiday, to be honest with you, to be as blunt as possible. Like, I just never kicked my own ass. Like, mm. uh, when, like, and I, the thing is, I too, like, when I moved to Sheffield, I had the chance to go Sheffield or Swansea. And when Sheffield, it was a huge club, still is a huge club. Right. Swansea were kind of, in the, I mean, Swansea, after I'd said no, went back to back promotions to the mm. Premiership. Right. So, like, like, I just couldn't make a right decision at all. So it was like, that was, <laughs> but Sheffield were a huge club. League One should have won it. We're going to, and and, we, and the thing for me, we're going into the championship as a big club. A lot of times in England, teams get promoted into the championship, and it's like they'll just exist or they'll, they'll float about. Sheffield, but I mean, we were getting 18, 19, 20,000 fans in League One. Mm-hmm. Aye, so I mean, everything was fine. Alan Alvin had wanted me for a while, like he'd watch me, wanted me to play, wanted me to go down there and do well, and. Uh, <clears throat> Kind of, he he was the kind of swaying factor. Went down there, signed up, all got sorted, and then he gets sacked like a week, two weeks later. And it's mm-hmm. just like, aye, that's the last thing you need to happen. And then you're mm-hmm. now proving yourself to a new manager, and it's just I. So just that ended up just being a bit of a nightmare. And then Gary Megson came in, and uh, I just mean him just didn't go on at all. I wasn't his type of player. I mean, if you look at the players he signed, guys like uh, Miguel Lira, six foot five, Rob Jones, six foot seven. Danny Bath, mm-hmm. six foot five, like giants. And I was like mm-hmm. six foot one, standing on my tiptoes, set at half. He's like, no. Giant me and Stevie would have got a game for Megson. <laughs> nah, maybe if I put his faith on my shoulders with the three. <laughs> mate, we still wouldn't be, be big enough, mate. You know what I mean? No, Dynamite so, in there, but leap like salmon's, don't we, too? Aye, unbelievable. Getting back to what you were saying about you nearly signed for Swansea, right? Was that, was the Martinez link? Anything to do with that with the Motherwell and Martinez? Can I, can I like, was he the manager he swans you at the time? No, I think, do you know, I think it was Brendan Rogers that was the manager at the time. Was it, it Rogers? I, I think, and it was, it was his scout that had kind of been pushing it, and like he was kind of, I hadn't really, like, hadn't spoke to Brendan or really had any dealings with him at all, but the scout said, no, look, he fits in, and Brendan, blah, blah, blah. And it was just more the fact that Alan Alvin had spoke to him and he'd followed us for a, a while, and it was just, and again, Hindsight's twenty twenty, but everything lined up for Chef Wade to be the, the perfect fit, and ultimately it, it couldn't have worked out. I think much worse, but mm. that's life. Well, we're talking about it before we come on um, to interview you before you come on here, and you're telling us about the media stuff and all that. It's funny because, like, you're saying you've got the monotone voice and that, but you're on this podcast, you're talking away, you're brand new. Why is it you're not allowed to get your character out when you're doing these post-match interviews? It's all that you know. Well, get the three points onwards and upwards onto where's it they say again? Onto the next where's it they always say again? No, we go again. We go uh, again. But do you get training for that? Like what's what's the deal? What is that is a word you're tell to say so you don't put your put the fit in it, whatever? I mean some like usually I mean at Aberdeen and I used to get briefed before we went in, like this is kind of the message, this is what the manager say, this is what we want to get across, like don't say this. If this is get brought up, just avoid it. So there is a bit of I think it's just and you're just it's kind of like I don't know I don't know what the relationship is you just can't evolve to it like you just don't and I want to think this is just me like you just feel as though they've already wrote their story mm-hmm. and they're just aye, aye. you just to you know what I mean just to fill and just to give credence to what you're saying and it's like, like you feel it like saying like, and a couple of times I used to get and say like right you guys what is, what's the story what do you need to say and they just laugh and then they would just get you to do it and it's like what am I even here for but I, I think you just don't want to get made look like an idiot and a lot of times you just don't want to set yourself up. Like there's a lot of times you're thinking like, no, nah, we were terrible in that game or we could have battered them and you don't want to come out and say that or you don't I'd love that. 
you need to remember as well as Gredo, you gave an interview last week and then they were proclaiming you as the next fucking such That's, and such. You're right, you know you're right, mate. So you, need, right. you definitely need to watch Aye. your oh, when you're talking to them. I do get what you mean. I'm just I'm thinking about it as a post match, like it would be brilliant if a player had turned around and said, you know what? Pumped in the day. I'm not it's never going to happen, right? But it would be brilliant. But I do know what you mean, to we twist in our word. They, they totally twist your words or they take it out of context to make you look daft. So I can I can totally get why football players are they, they're everything they say is calculated so they know they can be taken out of context. I dig and, then, that. and then that because the thing is as well, because somebody one of your young boys done an interview for a, something and it was like um the, like, the, the teammates won like uh, best dress, worst dress, funniest in the changing room, and somebody put Mark Reynolds, and he said the wee boy said Mark Reynolds, and uh, somebody, and it was on Twitter, and somebody commented on that saying, "Cannot believe that seems like a blown bastard." That's <laughs> 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 like, like you know, the only time you get to see me is post, like, you've no idea what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Turning it into James Milner, a Scottish football, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's funny because, like, again, I must admit, before we're interviewing you, you're going, but why is Mark Reynolds going to be like? Because we've had football players before that have come and they talk like that and it was good and they had a good experience and we played with... But you're actually kind of vibrant and bouncy and, do you know, and full of, full of spunk. I just genuinely hang Gredo for a second there. I thought he was on some sort of American chat show, man. <laughs> and you're just you're, you're out there, you're vibrant, you're just full of spunk, Mark. And it's like, I'm saying it's a yes for me, and it's a yes for me, I'll start. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Right, so, after, from spunk to Aberdeen, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so, you went to Aberdeen. That was probably a no-brainer, that move after what happened in Chef Weda. No, absolutely, and it was—I mean, it was Craig Brown. I'd worked under Craig Brown. At, um, I mean, that's and that's two words that do get put in the same sense. <laughs> Craig Brown. <laughs> uh, I had Craig Brown doing it at Motherwell and loved him. Craig Brown, my best man, I've worked under him and Archie Knox. And just, you know what? We had a meeting at, at Motherwell, right? <clears throat> in fact, it was a Motherwell, and it was Aberdeen. Changing him at Aberdeen, and uh, Archie Knox was like, that. Wait, it was a shite result, and Archie Knox would come in and just rule like uh, Keith Lasley spoke about it before he used to do after the game he used to put on he used to get dressed right and everybody that walks under will tell you this he used to put on his shirt and his tie and then his shoes and his socks or his socks and his shoes no pants no trousers <laughs> and then the moment he put his shirt and tie and his, his shoes and socks on he then decided he had something to say so he would stand up <laughs> and that uh, <laughs> start going mental and, and we're all sitting so we're sitting at level <laughs> Just like, like, what the f- what's happening here? Like, and he's gone mental, and you're just like, one time he'd done this, but he'd actually get fully dressed, so it was a blessing. And he was talking about spunk, and he was saying, Football players need spunk. He's like, That's my ingredients. Like, you've either got it, or you've got it. He says, You're either, he says, You've either got spunk, or you're a shite bag. You've either got, or. <laughs> And then he went round the changing room and gave us a noise if we were either a spunk or a shite bag. No way. I've never seen a I've never seen a room of grown men wanting a man to go in my face in my life. Honestly. And uh, he's like, you shite bag. 
it's amazing, man, because I'm oh. he's talking about Archie Knox. I'm going, right, we need him asking for an Archie Knox story, man. It just blows, oh. blows, I blows everything out of the water, man. That was superb, Jesus, man. man. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to
Turned off. Turned off. Disgusted. But Russell was a proper captain, experienced. Like, and I, I'll add them both to Russell. Um, and as you say, we we done great together. Um, loads of clean sheets and just I just built that a good again. Most teams, you know, most teams are built on a solid defence, and we had that Aberdeen and. Aye. He, he kind of he signed good players and then Dan McInnes and he's just added that quality and just kind of knows what Scottish football is and knows what the players that we need to get and, and it's just kind of kicked on from there Aye you, you managed to get the League Cup with Aberdeen was that a career highlight for you Mark? Absolutely Aye I mean aye. that, that and, and winning the, the championship with, with Under United they were the two kind of they're the two pinnacles of success and um, but aye. aye we should have won more at Aberdeen with loads of chances we just ran into a really really good Celtic strong Celtic <laughs> but uh, the, aye, the league cup was brilliant and it, again the, I think it was the Commonwealth Games that year so um, Hamden was full so we went to Parkhead called it the, and it, they nicknamed it Park Red we sold like 40,000 tickets and I remember that day I aye. do I remember that day well the stadium was about three quarters red I remember yeah. it, and it they, they, well. they could have sold more but they would end up having Aberdeen fans above the Inverness fans and they, they were just they'd have been throwing stuff and that so but it, it was incredible and they'd done a display before it it was unbelievable and I mean the game the game was terrible, like horrific, the pet like the whole game, but it's just so much tension and I think probably the first time that we went out in the cup final as the favourites that it was obviously it wasn't against Celtic and uh, we just need to get the trophy and I Rooney scored the winning penalty and then the uh, the celebrations after that were unbelievable. Even up we went up to Union Street a couple of days after it, it was like hundred thousand people in Union Street. Like it was rammed. It was just like a huge city, a huge club and just well, they were desperate for us to be successful. Um, that's, that's, that's mental. Do you, see when that happens, do, do they like higher ups in that and like in the in the club no think to themselves? How can we bring a hundred thousand people out to a, a trophy presentation and they're no coming into the stadium every week? You know what I mean? Because if Aberdeen get this new stadium, then you want it to be absolutely rammed every week, don't no, you? Absolutely, and that's it's, I mean that's the question I think that they're always asking and just. I mean, even the thing at Aberdeen, even when Aberdeen were doing well, when we were playing well and doing good, the crowd, you would see the crowd swelling from 12, 13 up to 17, 18,000. And that's what they always you say. How do we keep that casual supporter like, coming back? And I've not, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not just that team in it. It's like Kelly. Remember Kelly when, when it was Steve Clark, the, the crowds were up, and then the following season, it just dwindles back down again. I think it's, it's a problem with other clubs really into it. Yeah, and again, Aye. I think we have but they don't really have, I suppose, kind of similar as well. Geographically, they're kind of Aberdeen's just on its own. There's nothing near Aberdeen, mm. like, just fields. So it's not as if you've got, like, even a Motherwell or a Hamilton, you've got people coming from different areas, maybe. But Aberdeen up there on its own. And and again, as well, they were so successful. Obviously, like, recent, recently, like, in living memory, they were like European Cup winners, league winners, Scottish Aye. Cup winners. Jim Lake used to be, so Aberdeen used to drive the minibus. And Jim Layton used to drive the minibus, and obviously we won the the League Cup. And we used to, <laughs> I used to play a game called "Put Your Hand Up If You've Won This." And I used to say, "Right, put your hand up if you've won the League Cup." And we'd all put our hand up, and I'd go, like, put your hand up "If you've won Scottish Cup," and Jim Layton would only one on the bus driving it. In <laughs> Cup, like if you go over ninety cats for Scotland, so like Aberdeen were like the proper players. Like somebody Aye. just and somebody tweeted a picture today that and one of one of the guys that follows an Aberdeen fan retweeted it, and it was like a picture of Aberdeen. With our internationalists, so current internationalists or internationalists that have been called up, and Aberdeen had a squad picture, and seventeen of the players in the squad were full internationals with Scotland. Aye. That was that's the level crazy. that they guys were used to seeing, and like it's it's hard to compete with that, especially with the disparity now in the 
kind of the money that Celtic Rangers got and the size of them and that, that Aberdeen were once like giants and just Aye. to like bat them in the side. So I think that comes into why the crowds aren't as big because it's like, well, why would I go and see that when I've, when I've had these and I've had your Willie Millers and your Alex McLeishies that mm-hmm. they're, they're just fighting that always in battle with that. And, don't worry, all the fans will be dead soon and the new generation will come through and it'll be, why would I go and watch Aberdeen when, I, when I've seen Mark Reynolds? Exactly, um, absolutely. Aye, exactly. Aye. I've known Mark Reynolds away, I can go back and enjoy proper football. <laughs> 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 how, how did you come about leaving Aberdeen then, Mark? Was it injury you got? Any injury in that? What happened? We played pre, pre, pre-season against Cove Rangers up there. And uh, so finished all pre-season. Worst time of injury, pre, well, worst time of injury after pre-season is pre-season in the last year of your deal. So we played Cove, just balling over the top of my turn, caught my studs in it, uh, ruptured my cruise ship, <sighs> over. Um, nice. I went back, I actually went back on to try and play a bit and I was thinking, it feels all right. Sprinted half ball and it just didn't feel right. Um, say to the manager, look, I'm, it's a free, we were opening that near new stadium and I said, look, I'm just going to leave it, see if it is. Went for a scan ruptured cruise ship. So that was me, maybe nine months to a year. So went to see a guy in Glasgow, Gordon McKay, who does like a new kind of, it's called an internal brace, like it's a new procedure. And uh, he rehabbed, so I got rehabbed back to full fitness, match fit in four and a half months. So it was meant to be a year, done it four and a half. So it ended up that it was right in the middle of the January transfer window. And uh, we just, almost coincidence as well, our reserves had arranged a game against Dundee United's reserves. And my name was on the list of players that was going. And Dundee United right. saw that. And uh, Tony Ashgar, who I'd worked with before, phoned Aberdeen and says, look, what's the skip with Reynolds? We got told he was out for a year. And he says, no, look, he's, he's flew through his rehab. Look, we managed to go back four and a half months. Uh, he's back fit. And uh, he says, well, would you be interested in sending him out on loan? And then we kind of phoned me. I was, I was, uh, I used to, I'd done a degree up my Aberdeen, like, like part-time degree at uni. And I was just going into uni. And uh, Derek McInnes phoned me and said, look, um, with a few clubs on it, but you going on loan? He said, but Dundee United have phoned, he's like, they, they, uh, they're a decent club. I think Derek been there before as well. He says, look, they're pushing for promotion. Um, it looks like a good option. Go and get games and then potentially we'll, we'll extend your deal here, but you can go and affect it. And uh, I went down and signed that night. Just I binned Junior off that night and drove down and signed for six months on loan. And uh, enjoyed it. was playing well, feeling straight. And I, I, it, was a bit of, it was a bit of trial as well because... They were very sceptical that I'd get back in four and a half months from my cruise ship. They were thinking like it was some boy's job or I just rushed right. it back because I needed to play. But my knee was solid and they, the more they worked me, the more they saw that. And they said, look, we want you here. We, if we don't get promoted this year, we want to get promoted next year and we want to build a team that's going to be successful. What do you think? And I signed a three-year deal after two months on loan. And that was kind of with the, the aim of getting promoted back to the Premiership. And mate, there's a good feeling at Dundee United, isn't there? There's a good time to be playing for them, getting promoted up in the Premier League now. He's a he's a doing all right, do you know what I mean? So it's a good place to be in your career now, isn't it? No, absolutely. And that's that. I mean, I, again, I could have said, I mean, there was a contract on the, on the table at Aberdeen, but I would have been a kind of bit part player and coming in and right. out. And I just want to go somewhere and, and enjoy. And again, and I've said this in the papers as well, like in my monotone voice that they don't enjoy. Then <laughs> <laughs> the papers, like, I wanted to go somewhere and I saw the similarities between where Aberdeen were when I went and where Dundee United were a big club, good support, rich mm-hmm. history, just the building blocks are there just for somebody to come and put them together and go and be successful. And what I absolutely could see is getting promoted and then coming and doing well in the league. And you know, I'm not being dis- and I'm not being disrespectful, but there's not much in that finishing the top six and the bottom six. Do you know what I mean? You put a good run of games Aye. together, good mm-hmm. results. We top six and your top six, fifth place gets you Europe almost. So Aye. 
Aye. You know what I mean? It's, there's, there's a chance to go and be successful. And the first step of that was to get promotion. And I think we done, obviously, as I said earlier, it was tainted title was no finish in the league. But we were, we were run, running away with it. Like, at one point, I think we were 20 points clear. So we would have got over that line. And then after that, it was going and, and trying and compete in the Premiership. And I think the, the slight annoyance is that there was, there was bigger plans, but obviously coronavirus has kind of put, put, kind of put paid to that. And we're still in a good place. You said there, it's, there's a few good place. And... The, the, the supporters are buying into what the owner's trying to do and the owner's been great and I, just everything's just positive now and we just keep building on it What's the new gaffer like after Robbie gone what's the new gaffer what was his impact like when he took care Brilliant really good I got him great with him he's, and I, I know and he, and he, he had a meeting as well at the start and he says look I know I know what football's like so I know you're all phone guys that you played with that have played under me he's like, and I'm confident I can stand here and say they've all gave me a good shout and they did and he is he's, he's just a genuine guy he just wants to go and try and play good football and try and get on the front foot and attack teams and he's kind of come in a different type from Robbie but it's just football for as simple as football is it's complicated as well there's a lot of nuances yeah. there and different and it's we were still in transition we were still the new team coming up and we'd worked under Robbie and we got that way of playing and then a new manager comes in with a new style a new staff and a new league so there's still a lot of kind of we're juggling a lot of things and still trying to find our feet find who we are so it's good. He's, he's a very good manager. We all got on great with him. He's, he's, he's very experienced. He's been successful everywhere he's been. And he's saying, all the boys that work under him say he's a great guy to work for. And so far, that's what we've seen. So no, we're enjoying it. And as Scottish football is, we're getting some results. Some results, some games we feel as if we could maybe get a bit more. Some games we've been lucky in. But it's football. And we feel as though we've got enough. I mean, our front three weekend was uh, Nicky Clark, Shankland, and McNulty. And I think that's going to cause problems if we can keep the three fit for the rest of the year. So no, it's, it's, it's all good to know. Excellent, right. good. Bro, we get into the quiz now, troops. Uh, you've, not got a, you've not got a fear of quizzes, have you, Mark? It depends <laughs> what kind of quiz it is. Right, mate, it's a 90-second quiz we do with all our guests. Right, right. they came home and they a 90-second quiz. Football-related, obviously. Uh, you can't pass. You must answer the question. And we're saying you get a fear of quizzes because we had Andy Little on last week who said he's petrified of quizzes and just wouldn't do it. I'm terrible at football quizzes. I'm a, I'm a general knowledge. No, mate, I don't believe that, mate. I think you're a hustler, mate. I'm not buying that. We've got a leaderboard here, right, Mark? Right. We've got a leaderboard. So we've got John Sutton and Chick Young are joint top with 15. Mark Aye. Wilson and Keith Lasley are tucked in behind with 14. Well, the good doctor, Kenny Jukert and Kevin Harper are just behind in third place with 13. Other selected scores include Charlie Adam on 10. Your teammate, Lauren Shankland, scored seven. Bit of pressure there, mate. Aye, I'm just aiming for the bottom here. My football knowledge is terrible, so somebody got zero. Well, mate, we've got Falkirk manager David McCracken, who's joint bottom with Andy Little, because Andy Little refused to do it. Both of them have got one point. But, right. mate, you canny, an experienced professional campaigner like yourself, canny go back into training, <clears throat> see Lauren Shankland, and see that he's outscored during this quiz. Come on, Mark, you can be Lauren Shankland. I'm getting there. I do well enough, but it just depends what kind of football questions it is. Right. <clears throat> Go for it, Gredo, mate. Lech Poznan are from which country? Poland. Name the four teams playing in the Scottish Cup this weekend. Aberdeen, Celtic, Hibs and Hearts. Aidan McGeady is currently on loan to which club? Pass. Can he pass? Ed, that's the last one I remember. How many appearances did you make for Sheffield Wednesday? Teens, 17, 14. What's the name of Stennis House Muir's ground? Oakville View, no, it's not. Who currently tops the English Premier League? 
Let me check that. Man City. Which Scottish club are known as the Spiders? Queen's Park. What club did Rangers sign Rangers Tavernier from? Uh, James Tavernier's brother. Um... Oh, James! <laughs> Mate, you said, you said which club did Rangers, Rangers sign Rangers Tavernier? <laughs> no, I never! I, 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 I said Rangers... Carry on, carry on. Pause the clock there, John. Who did you score against in the under-20 World Cup? Costa Rica. Who is the current manager of Inverness Cali? John Robertson. What nationality was Lubomir Maravchik? Czech. Name one of the German sides Klopp managed. Borussia Dortmund. How many career goals have you scored? 13. Who scored Aberdeen's two penalties at the weekend? Lewis Ferguson. Time! Oh, I think you've beat Lauren Shanklin there. I think so, mate. We'll go through the, the wrong answers for you, Mark. Um, Aidan McGeary currently on loan to Charlton. Um, Everton are top of the English Premier League. Rangers signed Rangers Tavernier from Wigan. Wigan. Uh, Lubomir Ravchik. No, wait a minute. I'm calling out that Lubo one because he did play for Czechoslovakia. At the 1990 World Cup, so I'm I'm saying that's a right answer. Right, okay. I'll, Chris is giving absolutely. I that that's what I remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> I have got you down for ten. So you beat Lauren Shankland. That's fine. Well done, Tommy, mate. There you go, that's mate. That's good. My football knowledge is shocking. I'm more like a obscure. I'm the one you bring in for the general knowledge round that just knows random shit. No, Mark, Mark, Mark. Now you're just showing off because your football knowledge was quite good as well, mate. And now you're good at general. You're showing off now, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, well, at least you knew. At least you knew to Vermeer's first fucking name. How else did you get? Uh, five. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's you clumped, Cradle. I don't know. 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 I don't so is oh, this yeah, something you're going to try and get into after you've Somebody's gone offshore when they retire. I'm, to, I'm just going to try and find a well somewhere. I'm just dig it and just... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, mate. We'll let you go, mate. In fact, mate. it's been one of the... No. Honestly, it's uh, got the best story in it. I know, mate. Honestly, so that was super, mate. Thanks no, for keeing up your that, time, bud. I appreciate it. Thank you. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident. Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. That was a blinding show. And might I just add Mark Reynolds, one of my favourite guests and my favourite story I've had in this show is my time working here, telling you. Aye, uh, it was uh, also the phone-in. The phone-in was phone fucking in. great. Aye. I think well. the phone-in works. I think the phone-in works. You, I do. You know what's got to happen, um, but all the punters have got to say it was shite. You know, if you're sitting there going, what a lot of shite they were speaking or whatever, then get in contact with producer John and get on the show next week and we'll have a wee blurner. Perhaps. Because remember, if you come on, man, you've either, it, there's, there's two kind of people that come on, people for a spunk or people that are shite bags. You <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? So. Perhaps one of the callers could come on next week on the open line and ask Chris what his Big Brother story was. Okay. Good idea! Do you know oh, what? Yeah. That's a good idea because we've not got time to know him to know. Aye, mate. Let's just wrap this man off. Right, boys. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, man. 
She's hey, next join, week. Join Take care. Bed, Stevie. I know, I need to go. Look, he's doing laps now, loving him. He's <laughs> starving, Leo. Oh, oh, oh. Right, <laughs> hey, see you later on, right? Take care, take care, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Oh, right, bye-bye, see you later. Ah, right, bye-bye. Audio Frontier.